everyone, welcome once again to the Met at East podcast. My name is Gertrude, and I'll be hosting this program today with Afache Boahin Michael. Yes, Gertrude, you're looking very good today. Thank you, Michael. So, um, in the last in the last episode, we introduced the group and then what we were about, and. We don't want to bore anyone with any unnecessary this and this and that. So we just go straight to the points. Today we'll be talking about how to survive your first OSCE. You know, funny thing is, when I entered Confanochi, I was greeted with OSCE. Hey, you have to prepare for OSCE. I've actually, hey, you, you can't waste time. Prepare for OSCE, prepare for OSCE. Ah, no, that was OSCE, 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 OSCE. And even in times back, you you know, you can visit some seniors, some senior colleagues on campus and then on Confanachi campus. And then you get into their rooms and they were talking about how this consultant did this to you. You said this thing. And then, you see, and all those things, they bore you up. But anyway, today, I'm just hoping that you have an eye opener of what skis are what to expect and all that or get you don't you think so yeah that's very true yes. it's going to be a real eye opener for some of us who are in our first year for clinical years exactly mm-hmm. exactly so um we start with the basics the first things what's what's actually is an oski and thankfully i'm not going to get to talk about these things because i mean Gertrude and i haven't had our first oskis so it's just Wadud, Daniel, and then Bill, who will be doing the plenty tokens about Oski. So, Bill, I think you've had the most recent Oski. So I want you to introduce what Oski is and then how it is. Okay, so Oski is actually an abbreviation for Objective Structured Clinical Examination. Okay. So what that is supposed to mean is you will be timed to do certain things and within that time there are specific things that the examiner expects to see you do so it is not going to be a complete thing it's going to just focus on one specific thing so it could be just history it could be just examination for the examination you can just be told examine the chest okay or examine the precordium or examine the abdomen or examine the GIT, which are different different in their own sense. So those orders just come from the consultants? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So what, what usually is the time frame for an OSCE? Okay, so at large, it varies from one place to another. Okay. But my experience in KNUSD for 40 years, we do it within seven minutes. Seven? Yes. Wow. Each one of them. Okay. Okay. Um, Wadud, I think you have a variant of that. How is it in University of Ghana, the time frame? Yeah, so basically it's actually very similar. It's always seven minutes to examine and do everything, like do your examination. And then you have three minutes to present and then answer questions as well. Oh, okay. So they ask you questions too? Yes. <laughs> they ask you a lot of questions. And the number of questions you can answer depend on how fast you are and how well you flow, how prepared you are, all within the three minutes. Yeah. Except in first clinical, fourth year, they don't really worry about treatment that much. Yes, all right. So we'll move straight to Daniel to ask how he prepared for his first OSCE. 
For Daniel, I know it's a shock, so I don't know. Were they in preparations, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> How can you survive in medical school without preparing? Yeah, so I I, I, I prepared like I did. Um, how I prepared for my OSCE, yeah. I think, as you said earlier, to make when you are you, you come to your, your clinical years, the first thing you are told is, Charlie, your OSCE, yeah, you need mm. to do very well. Of yes. And clinical exams are very important. If you don't do well in clinical exams, you may do so well in your theory exam, and then it may still not go well for you. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Clinical feel wise. Yes. So I knew I had to really put in a lot of efforts. Um, basically, some of the things I did were I had a few friends I used to practice the OSCE with. So we had meeting days every week where we met. One would, one of us were three, so one would act as the examiner, one would act as the student, and one would act as the patient. And then we take turns doing it. So that's how we went about it from the start till we did our first OSCE. Okay. And then also, we had some apps. We were introduced to one app by one of our consultants, and it was really helpful. It was a checklist, just like the one that I did. And of course, you have to read. So I did some reading too, so mm-hmm. that I knew what I had to do. Okay. So, um, Bill, you too, in your preparation, especially in the reading part, what did you take note of? Did you do a generalized reading like you are reading a normal textbook? Or there were some things that you are particular about, like causes of such a finding or management of such a finding. How did you tailor your reading? Okay, so it wasn't a generalized reading. Like we've already said, um, OSCE is a structured exam. And before you walk into any OSCE, you should know what they are expecting of you. <laughs> yes, that's how it's supposed to be. Then I don't know how you are going to survive the OSCE. You should know what they are expecting you to do. And so you know that, for instance, I'm going to do an examination. Yeah. One thing about OSCE is that they expect you to make an impression out of whatever you did most of the time. For instance, if it is examination or history. So depending on the systems I'm going to examine, I look at what are the likely things patients within my setting would come with. Okay. Okay. For instance, if I'm going to do a cardio examination, then I know that there is a high chance, once I'm in Konfanoche, or I'm doing my exams at Konfanoche Teaching mm-hmm. Hospital, there's a high chance it's going to be a heart failure problem. Even if it is not going to be a heart failure problem, once I make heart failure my baseline, and then try to you know, come up with what are the possible causes of the heart failure, then I have something to work around with. Because most of the heart conditions, the end point is heart failure. And then I can't just say um, hypertension could lead to heart failure without you know trying to know something about hypertension and all that. So you know, I wouldn't really go so much into let's say vascular problems, vasculitis and all that when I'm going for an osteat KNUSD because I know I'm not likely to meet it. Like, let's say, if it is new, I'm not going to go so much into, let's say, the um, sensory aspect. Why? Because I know I'm going to examine the motor system. So I'll tailor my reading more towards causes of, let's say, 
paraplegia, causes of hemiparesis, causes of quadriplegia, and then look more into those causes. Which one is more likely in my setting? That is very key. Okay. And learn more about that one. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. What do it? Can you please tell us your expectation for your first OSCE? Oh, okay. <laughs> my first OSCE, it was a funny one. So, <laughs> I'll say one thing, okay? Don't get complacent in your preparation, okay? Um, don't think you know until you've really practiced it so well, okay? Practice it under time, like be timed and practice. When you are done, present to someone. Let them ask you questions, okay? So, I mean, I, I thought I knew before I went for my first OSCE. I had read a lot of stuff. Um, uh, do you want to hear a funny story? What happened to me over there? Yes, definitely. Yes, so when I got the um, abdominal exam, okay, um, you know in abdominal exam, when you get to palpation, you have to come to the patient's level um, before you do your palpation. And because of that, they usually keep a chair um, close to the bed. Yes, but I mean, because I wasn't practicing it really well, like when I get there, because we think it, it's just practice, so you just do anything, right? So when I got there, there was a chair right beside me. I pushed aside the chair and continued my examination. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, not that I didn't know you need to use the chair, but because I didn't practice it well enough. I mean, in my in my practice, I thought I knew you have to sit, so um, I don't have to be doing it. So I just say that in your preparation, do everything as it's supposed to be done. Um, do it under the timing. At, at the, for the for a start, you can start with higher time, and then you reduce the time till you get to a point where you can finish in less time than is expected of you. All right. So. Um, Yes, be really thorough in your preparation. Yes. So my expectations were high, but I didn't go so well. I thought I knew, but I mean, <laughs> my first one really beats me. Yes. Thank you. So, Rashford will also share his experience. What, oh. was, what were your expectations? I and mean, did you meet your expectations? Oh, okay. Actually, when I'm going into any exams, I tell myself that getting to this point. I've written so many exams to be scared of exams, but certainly there will be some sort of nervousness, yeah. especially when we were at the waiting room and then they, <laughs> the other groups were doing their own and they came to call us that it's at 10. There was some sort of nervousness, yes. but then it all comes back to preparation. Yeah. If it's, it's, it's just like you being called to come and brush your teeth. I don't think you would be so frightened to brush your teeth because you have done it over and over and over and over such that it is not a difficult thing for you to do and when it comes to us this it is not about how much you know it's about how much you've practiced one thing i know for KNUSD is that once you are done with the examination you were able to go through let's say 95 percent of the things that they expected you to do automatically you've passed okay okay so they are more um, deliberate with scoring on the examination process than with the question. The distinction comes when someone completed and the consultant is like, oh, looking at how, you see how you are doing that thing, tells them how much you've practiced. And that is their main, oh, okay. the main thing they are looking at. Maybe someone is palpating and you know he's shivering and 
it tells them that you've not been practicing. practicing. But someone comes palpating, everything is going on smoothly. Even if the person didn't get the time to answer questions, they know that this person is good. Okay. You get this? And the one that went the extra mile doing all that and answering questions, certainly it will be the one that will be pushed to the 80, 79, and this one could probably be having around 65, 67, 68. Thank you. Thank you very much, Gina. Yeah. Um, Daniel, is there anything you wish you did differently? What would you advise to fourth years or those coming? Oh, okay. Oh, I wanted to answer the first, the previous question too, but... Sure, you can go on. <laughs> if, if there's anything you want to share yeah. during your time, you can share it. Yes. So, I think two things, basically. The, the first one was, I wasn't expecting to sweat. During <laughs> <laughs> you know? Just like we were saying, I mean, we do write exam. I, it gets difficult sometimes, but you know, you don't sweat. But I remember very well that in my first OSCE, it was a medicine OSCE. I went in very clean, dry face. And in the middle of the OSCE, I was sweating profusely. <laughs> I, I had to take off my glasses and clean it. Because I was, I was, I don't know why. I don't know why. Like, I wasn't anxious at the beginning. But then I really sweated a lot. So probably you should, you should also expect that um, when you, it's not like you are anxious or anything, but when you go there, there may be some adrenaline surge and then, sure. yes. Mm -hmm. And the second thing was, I mean, based on how you practice, you have a certain score in mind, right? So I had something <laughs> like that in mind. I'm not going to disclose it here. <laughs> but I was hoping to do all. And then you go there, you do one station, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth. And when I was done, I actually thought that's challenge. Um, I'm not going to do so well. Mm. Yes. And I remember... My mates actually were taking selfies and no, and I thought so now. <laughs> I couldn't take a selfie that day because I thought I wouldn't do very well. But then it came out, and what the score I had was between what I wanted to get, that's a very high one, and then what I thought I actually had at the Oski in the middle. Yeah, so don't worry. Like during or after the Oski, you've done it. You've done it. You shouldn't worry about that and be thinking about that when you are done and you are going to a different rotation. And you, know, you once you did something, you you get some good scores. Okay, I I think I would like to also say something concerning that. Um, what I would like to say is that for me, mm -hmm. the thing is supposed to be objective. Mm -hmm. But I, I, to me, it's still subjective. Yeah. That is how OSCE is. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, that is how it's going to be. Because I, I realize that even in medical school, sometimes you meet this consultant and then despite all the details you are giving this person, it's like, you still don't know it. <laughs> and you meet someone else and you say something and it's like, Ali, why are you saying postgraduate stuff? Just focus on the basic things. So it is still subjective. Okay. So one thing I would say is that mm -hmm. so far as you prepared well, just know you will pass. So I would assure, I encourage everybody who is going for anyone to just prepare well. Okay. Uh -huh. And I mean, just to add to that, usually your skills are more than one station. So there's a tendency for you to feel very down if you go to one station and things don't go well. And if you are not careful, it's going to lead into other stations and you are going to mess up. So 
Sorry, Dorsky. If you go to one station and things don't go, psych yourself. Tell yourself, I'm done. I'm going to another place. Like, forget about it. That new station you are going to is a whole new place. Think about that one. Because maybe you didn't do all in just one of But if you are able to recoup yourself or recover from that shock and then do all in the remaining four skis, you still have a pass. And, and, and to add to that one too, you see, for me, the stations that I thought I did very well, <laughs> at the station I didn't get the marks I was expecting to get. And the station that I thought, oh, this one, yeah, I wouldn't get what I'm, I think I targeted. That one, it will come and that one is what you got. So, like, it comes back to what I'm saying that it's still more subjective. Yeah. So, like he, um, Daniel said, if one station didn't go well, don't worry, just focus on the new station because what you think they didn't go up would probably be your best when it comes down. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. okay, so far, I think most of what we've said that have centered around um, medicine or skis. But then when we look at surgery or skis too, they, they, they take a little bit different form. For KMUST, for instance, when we are doing the surgery or skis, you have histories and you have the examinations. And I wanted to say something about the histories. When you are doing, let's say, the, when you are going into any OSCE where you would have to take a history, for each of the cases, at least try and create a template for yourself. Like, for instance, if it is KMS, then you are going to take a, a thyroid history. You should know the specific questions you have to ask. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So that your history will be very focused because you are working on that time. And that is what they want to hear. So they want to hear specific things and then they'll give you the marks. Okay. Okay. Okay, so my question has to do with getting this carrying, let's say from your first station or one station moving to another. How is it like? Do they show your scores at the end of every station, every sitting? How is it done? Okay. For KMUST, um, the ideal thing is you wouldn't see your scores. You wouldn't know what you had. Yes, but some people manage to sneak and see what the consultant is giving them. Because the consultant would actually write your marks there. Okay. But he would do it such that he wouldn't want you to see. So some people manage to see what they had. But then the ideal thing is you wouldn't know what you had until everything is done and then at, at a later time they bring you all your scores. Okay. I don't know if Wadud has uh, the... Situation in University of Ghana is different. Yes, it's actually, it, it's actually the same here. They do the scoring whilst you are still there. So if, I mean, some people are aggressive enough to want to see what they scored. So they will be, I don't know, I, I didn't like that. I don't think you should do that. Just focus on doing well. If You can see, but don't, just focus on doing well. Okay. Okay. Alright, guys. Please, any final advice for any new person going for his or her first OSCE? What would you like to start? Yes. So, me, my thing is on the practice 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 don't get complacent make sure everything you are expected to do in the exams you've done it before a number of times do it under timing and if you can get a senior to help you 
go to him, do it when you are done, present to him, let him examine you like a consultant. Once you've done that, when you get to the exams, be confident you can really do it, like you are up to the task. Yeah. Alright, thank you. Thank you. Neil. Okay. My advice to anybody who is going to write any form of OSCE is that one, you have to know your setting. And the second thing is you have to know what they expect of you. What are you going to face in the exams? Alright. And that is going to direct you as to how to prepare for the exams. But like Wadi said earlier. Huskies is about practicing. And I think before you go to any Husky, they will let you know what you are going to do in the Husky. So once you know it, for instance, in KMUSD, there are files where all the things they expect you to do for a particular Husky station are there. So if it is, let's say you are doing surgery and then you are you have to take a trauma history, all the things they expect you to ask are there. So you have to practice according to it. So if it is medicine, um, examination or ski, all the things they expect you to do under GIT examination, they are there. So use that file and then you can go by it. So if you are in KMUST or you are in Lebon, you can make use of this method is up where you have a list of all the things you have to do for a particular station when you are doing OSCE. And then like you said, make sure you do it under time. Just simulate the examination setting for yourself. Make sure you are comfortable doing it in your room. Mm -hmm. Then you can replicate it in the exam setting. Okay. Thank you. Um, one quick question. With respect to practice, Daniel mentioned that in preparation, in his preparation, there was, there was a team of three. One was a patient, one was a student, one was an examiner. Is it, is it, I want to know, do you have to, I mean, which one should be more prioritized? Using yourselves or getting to the ward actually, and then using the patients? Okay. Um, I would answer it this way. By coming in with how I went about my mm -hmm. What I did was, first, get a mental picture of how to do the thing, the okay. steps. Okay. Without using anybody, without using anything. So I can just sit down and say, okay, GIT examination, one, wash my hand, introduce myself to the patient, mm -hmm. uh, position, and then ask if the patient has any pain. Like, I, I just try to do that mm -hmm. regularly. So mm -hmm. once I'm conversant with that, comfortable with that one, I know that when I get to the hand, I'm looking for, let's say, five signs at the dorsum, five signs. So I know that this is what I'll do. Mm -hmm. Then I start with a normal person. Mm -hmm. Because you wouldn't know what is abnormal unless you know what it's is normal. normal. Exactly. And it is more it is better to use a normal person who you are more comfortable with because you are with him. If you are making a mistake, he wouldn't laugh at you. You get mm -hmm. it. But mm -hmm. you can't go to the world and be using the patient for try and error and then like you expose yourself so much that the patient even knows you don't know what you are doing. Mm -hmm. You get, but at least if you have the skill, like how to go through the motion and everything, like you know that I, I was trying to, you know, I checked the air entry for my roommate, or I checked the breath sound for my roommate, and this one looks very different. Mm -hmm. Then I know that there can be something wrong with this one. Do you get it? I, I packaged my, my roommate's chest. 
and this one looks very different. Then now you know there is an abnormality somewhere. Then you start bringing in the abnormalities you learned about. I hope that answers your question. So you have to use normal people, and then you can go ahead and do it on the one, the actual case or someone who has a pathology. Okay, okay, thank you. So Daniel, I think you'll pick the advice, your advice that you have for anyone who is going to do an ski. Any final advice you have for anyone? Yeah, um, going with the mentality that you are going to do well. That's very important for starters. Secondly, you also know that you would have to practice war if you have to do war and get a good um, system, people you study with, um, senior colleagues you speak to, and get in touch with the consultants themselves, the people who will be examining you. Ask them questions specifically on what they expect from students during exams, and you'll be fine. Okay. To add to what um, Daniel said, I think one mistake that we are likely to make is when you form a team with a group of friends and you know these friends. You see, one thing is that you can practice. Practice and let's say you are doing deep palpation and they, they, your skill for the deep palpation is wrong. And you probably didn't get anyone to tell you that this is not how to do it. And you and your friends keep on repeating the same thing and go and repeat it there. So one advice is, if it is possible, examine in the presence of a consultant at least once. So that where your skill is wrong, he lets you know that is all and you carry it on. Because you can be practicing, practicing, but you are repeating the same mistakes over and over again. And you know, this is something I think happens from, I mean, what most of us do when we go to the wards. The consultant is like, who wants to examine this patient? And everyone is just shying away. <laughs> oh, like at least, even if you wouldn't want to be the one to go and do it. Like, when someone is doing it, pay attention. Yeah. Because the fact that someone did it and he didn't comment on it means it was right. right. And yeah. where he comments, you make sure you pay attention and pick it up. Exactly. Yeah. And if, if he asks for anyone to do it, go and do it. <laughs> do your mistake there. Yeah. Don't go and do it at the exam. Yes, I want to add something real quick. Yes, so um, yeah, so we've been talking about um, the examination, but I think I should also stress that the presentation is very key. Okay, because what I realized is during the OSCE, some of the consultants, I don't know whether they are tired or what, they don't really look at what you are doing. It's like they are not interested. Uh huh. So where they will get to know whether you did the things or where do they will get to know what you did is at the presentation right so practice your presentation as well okay practice it um until a point where you can almost wrap it okay and then finally um there was one thing that really at the after you've done your examination okay i was expecting a question like i mean from the consultant something like okay present okay that's the kind of instruction i was expecting okay present or you know something of uh, along that line but i got what he asked me was what did you find so i was confused should i just say what i found as in okay then um, there was tenderness on palpation or you get it but whatever the question is okay once you examine a whole patient you start your description the way you've been practicing grossly i examined the young man whatever whatever like start gross do 
like do the, the, the actual thing just not because he said um what did you find then you want to go ahead and talk about your positive findings they can ask the questions in some way another question i didn't know the um, statement i didn't know they use this what is your impression okay which essentially means what's your diagnosis and i was saying something it was like what is your impression and i mentioned that i was okay you get so don't expect anything too straight be prepared be prepared for um such differences i think what you are saying it's it's true it happens at end too i remember when we are practicing usually when we read the presentation you start with i examine the patient all this and that so you went to the first oski hoping that when you are done and you are being asked to present your findings that's what you see but for some of the stages you realize that probably the examiner wants to save you time so he can ask you more questions once you start I was examining, he just goes like, nah, go straight to your findings. And if you're not careful, it can really destabilize you there. So you also prepare for that in case that happens. But then to be on the safer side, when, just like, what are you saying? When the examiner asks you to say, what did you find? Start by saying, I was examining. And let him, he himself or herself, tell you that, oh, nah, I want you to go straight to the positive or negative findings. That way, you are safe. I think this has been a, a very insightful episode, um, and so we'll not be scared for our first OSCE. Yeah. Oh, for me, I'll be scared, but <laughs> I'm just opening it to you. Oh, With yeah, all the info that they found this podcast, you still be scared. You never know what to happen. <laughs> but like, if you prepare, you'll buy yeah. your box. Yeah. I think probably at the beginning your your scale um, level was like eighty five percent. Exactly. But as time goes on, it's just one or two percent. Like after this podcast, like if you are using what Daniel said, from eighty five percent right now it will be at what level? How far has it dropped? <laughs> oh, negative. Before you enter, definitely there'll be adrenaline stage. Oh, yeah. It's your first time. There'll be adrenaline stage. But once you get in, don't be don't be destabilized just from the beginning. Just flow. That's what I've picked. Just flow. You know what you've done, you've been practicing. You know that from foot and you go to right side, start here and then go there. So you know what you're going to do. So once you go, let it flow and then move through the process and all that. If there are any negatives, it doesn't matter. Suck it in and then move on. In the end, you will pass. You will pass. Yeah. <laughs> you will pass. Then you pass. So guys, we've come to the end of today's episode. So we'll meet you on the next podcast. It's uh, Bye. Bye. Bye.